Switch and Board is a brand new podcast studio in downtown D.C. With the ability to record and live stream up to five speakers at a time, Switch and Board can get your podcast off the ground or take it to the next level. Go to switchandboard.com for details or follow them on Instagram at switchandboard. Welcome to Fish Food, a podcast from Little Fish Accounting. I am your host, Keila Hill Trawick, and today we are here to interview Michelle Burgess. She is the owner of Burgess Law Firm, which is a law firm dedicated to helping creatives and small business owners in the D.C. and Florida area. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Um, So we'll start with you telling me a bit about what you do and the community that you serve. Well, um, Burgess Law, PLLC, uh, services creatives and small business owners through contract review, contract drafting, trademarks, and copyright work. So basic things that a small business might need to brand themselves um, and protect their business transactions and processes. Why did you choose kind of that area specifically, and what made you want to work with creatives and small businesses as opposed to like bigger clients? Well, I first started out, my first job was I was a prosecutor in Miami. And um, so Miami had like a blooming art district there, Wynwood area. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. So that was just starting up. It was doing that whole process and um, starting to be a bigger art district area. And since I was from Miami, that's where I was, that's my hometown. When I moved back um, and everybody knew me as a lawyer now, I was their only lawyer in their circle. So uh, they naturally were like, oh, I'm starting this music label or oh, I'm, I'm going to sell these paintings. And so I want you to review my contracts and all those things. So, you know, people that think you graduate law school and you know everything. <laughs> so I was just like, OK, I'll, I can do a contract. And so it bloomed into that. And then just as they grew as um, small business owners, I um, got more experience. And so... When I moved to D.C., I felt like, okay, I've, I've done the criminal thing. I've had the side hustle of doing the contracts on the side. Let me blossom and become an f- official law firm in D.C. So that's what I just ended up doing. So I started it about a year ago. So, so tell me a bit about your entrepreneurship journey. Um, I know that you were a prosecutor and then you kind of moved into doing this for other people, but... Give me, I guess, some insight on the in-between. How did you decide, okay, serious, seriously going to do this? When you moved, did you take clients with you? Like, how mm-hmm. did that work? Okay, so I would say in law school, I I definitely had an interest. I just had an, an itch to own my own business. I felt like I was really good at customer service. I was in sales before. Like, mm. you know, before college, I always had, like, a retail type of job or something like that. And I really enjoyed being face-to-face with people. Mm-hmm. So that was a very, like, I knew I wanted to be face-to-face with who, whatever business I was in. So um, in law school, I naturally was in criminal law, and I did have that specialty. And I, in law school, you get a general um, general law courses. So you get a little bit of everything. But I did take criminal law courses, and that just naturally um, funneled me into the prosecutor realm. But when I did start working, I realized, you know, I, I like this, and the trial experience is cool, but I do enjoy more the transactional part of law, so the paperwork end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew long-term I wanted to get out of litigation. 
So I knew those two things. I just didn't know how it was going to shake out. And so when I stayed longer in Miami, I realized, like, you know, I just naturally just went with the flow of my friends and them being in the creative industry. I was like, I'm naturally at poetry nights anyway, right. art, <laughs> art shows anyway. So I'm just, like, in this group already. So right. just, like, just felt more aligned to just make my career more aligned with what I do after work, I guess. So uh, Yeah, you get to match yeah. it up. Yeah, so I just felt more aligned doing that than um, – you know, having a separate in criminal in daytime and then arts at night. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was just too, too opposite, I would say. <laughs> and what do you like best about what you do now for your law firm and the kind of clients and community that you serve? I would say they're really inspiring. That type of, um, you know, working with entrepreneurs and small business owners, there's so much hope mm-hmm. in it. And um, just you're just motivated by their excitement for their business. And, you know, you're seeing them at the beginning stages sometimes or you're seeing them at the more... Um, seasoned parts Mm -hmm. and so it's just really nice to you know it's it's just always happy it seems like I don't know just compared to criminal law it seems like (laughs) you know no one's on trial today no one's in trouble so much more joy yeah there's so much joy like I I guess I'm just naturally it's nice to just deal in a situation where I'm just constantly around happier people or people that are hopeful Um, that's the best part that's really cool. Um, one of the reasons that I wanted to have a lawyer on is because mm-hmm. I feel like we deal with the same things. Like yeah. I have clients who will reach out to me and think that because I'm an accountant, like I do all things money related. And sometimes I have to be like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't do estate planning. There are accountants that do that. I don't do that. And so we <laughs> narrow it down. And then also having conversations where I have to refer people to a lawyer a lot because because we do the tax ramifications of business entities, there's an automatic assumption that I will build them as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> and there are accountants who do that too, but mm-hmm. I always tell my clients, like, I'm not a lawyer. If you want to set up an S-corp, it makes much more sense because I don't know the nuances of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that would lead to my next question, which is what are the most common services that people come to you for when they say, because I feel like they have the same thing. I need a lawyer, so anything law-related, I need you to do. But what do you feel like comes up the most often? Well, in D.C., I would say most people are 9 to fivers that have a side hustle. So at some point, they come to me to form that side hustle into an LLC. Mm-hmm. And then once they do that, then like maybe a couple of months later, they're like, you know what, I kind of downloaded these online contracts. Let me see if I can have a lawyer look at them and make them more legit. So... I then do the contracts. It's kind of like, I kind of baby steps. So first the incorporation, then the contracts. And then um, maybe six months after that, they'll want to trademark their actual brand name um, after they've got some traction and things like that. And they know that they want to do this long term. So it's usually um, trademarks at the end of it, but mostly contracts, I would say, is my most popular request. So I'm guessing that with law, people try to DIY a lot the way that they do with accounting. And then by the time (laughs) they come to me, I'm like, okay, some of this stuff you can DIY and some of it you can't. Mm -hmm. How effective do you think that some of the online tools that people use to build their contracts, um, how effective are those as compared to needing an expert to either come in and draft them from scratch or help them kind of tweak them so that they're better for their businesses? I think if you have absolutely no choice, then you can go with the online contract for the very small transactions. But when you get um, become a more established entrepreneur, I would say um, naturally they come to me and they're like, well, this, you know, I kind of, they have more of a, 
they've built up their swag, I guess, in the business and they know what they want and the things that they run into. So they want to add that to their contracts and things like that. So I guess with knowledge, they realize that their contract is missing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So you might get a foundation, but you might not have the things where, oh, if I get sued, I want to definitely be in D.C. If I get sued, I want... Um, it to be limited to the cost of the actual contracts or the deal itself and not beyond that. And those type of parameters are things that people won't get in an actual online contract, whereas if you do bring one to me, I'll customize it and have a consultation with you and find out more about what you do as a business and see what can be added. So no, That's helpful. I feel like I think people take for granted how important customization is mm -hmm. I think everybody's just like oh I need a contract they make contracts I'll take that and not really thinking about but like what do you do and what do you need to protect yourself from mm -hmm. um, and another kind of miss hmm, what am I trying to say myth or yes yes another myth or assumption is that we're always dealing with brand new businesses yes um, and so I know for Little Fish I think I thought that's what this was going to be more often than not but mm -hmm. of course in the same way there are people who have been doing this forever and have either been doing it wrong or are growing really fast and realize they have different needs yeah um, so what do you find is one of the more common mistakes that people have made or start making by the time they get to you that you either have to correct or like guide them away from? Um, I think sometimes people do try to file their own trademarks on their own. And once you file the application, then there's like a three month waiting period. And then the, the examining officer at the trademark office will then send office actions, things that they want more clarification on in regard to your brand or things that you put in your application, things like that. So when those start coming in, then they're like, oh, like I need to, someone to look at this. And sometimes, you know, you can look at them and, you know, kind of take it from there. But sometimes it's too explosive and it's just like, oh, I don't know. We might have to start all over again because, um, you know, there's a limit on how many things you can add after you've already filed your uh, trademark yeah. application. And people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's just best at least for your first time around, at least um, invest in someone to guide you um, along the way when it comes to trademarks, especially because that's a huge mistake. An investment. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and um, so I know that this comes up a lot on our side, where people will ask, like, when should I hire an accountant? Like, how do I know when I need one? Mm -hmm. And obviously, it varies depending on your business. Um, but when would you say it's kind of the time that you should start thinking beyond? I'm going to be able to do this myself, with the reality that like services cost money, mm -hmm. and you have to get to a place where either you can afford it or prioritize it, but mm -hmm. where do you feel like people should be in their business before they start thinking about, I should bring on an expert? I think you might not need a trademark as soon as you start business, but I think it, it's good to at least have at least three contracts in place. I think the most common contracts I see are an operating agreement for your um, LLC, a service agreement for your clients, and then, um, you know, like, depending on your business. But those two are definitely, like, the most popular. So I think, I think it's pretty affordable. I think I have affordable rates, I would say. <laughs> I think it's, it's worth the time to at least have something on there because if you start business out and you don't have anything on paper or you're just doing handshake deals, yeah. you might not be making the profits you want. So, because you might not be taken seriously by your clients, so I would say. 
pretty early on. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we talked about that in an earlier episode in terms of accounting because I think I have a lot of clients who are like, I'm too small. Like, mm. I don't need an accountant yet when I get yeah. bigger, when I make more money and having these conversations that are, yeah, but you already need to have these habits in place before yeah. you start making a lot. And if we don't, oh, DC, if we <laughs> don't um, make sure that those things are in place now, you're going to be you're going to feel like you're a hamster on a treadmill to try to catch up with it by the time you make more. So it sounds like it's kind of the same idea, like yeah, as in the early as possible. Yeah, <laughs> you'll save a lot more in the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Um, what do you feel like are the most important areas for people to focus on? So when we talk about, yes, they need contracts and they need trademarks, but when we drill down a little bit, what are the places where you're like, if I'm going to give you a top tip because you just got to me, where am I going to tell you to focus? I would say contract is the beginning of everything. Okay. Yeah, I would say that's the beginning and everything. Because you can control the most before, you know, at the point that the person's signing the contract. It's just, that's the most control you have as a business owner, I feel like, from the beginning. Like, just stating your terms, what you plan on doing, what their expectations are, what your expectations are. Like, that's just the, the stepping stone. I would I think anybody needs that contract to be solid. Um, in the beginning stages. So I think that's the best, the, the best thing. And then maybe a year in, as you get more traction and you realize you want to be a national brand, then you can think about trademarks. Uh, but um, yeah, and then you might not even want to incorporate as soon as you start business either, depending on your tax situation. Right, right. So, you know, business incorporation and trademarking may come later, but I would think contracts are probably the most important. And do you review contracts? I know we have a lot of freelancers that work for places that are going to give you their contract. So yeah. at least if they're bigger than you, then they're going to say, nah, you're just going to abide by our terms. Mm -hmm. Do you review those? How do you counsel people kind of when they're on the other side and don't necessarily have as much control mm -hmm. or maybe aren't able to negotiate in the way? Yeah, I work with um, YouTubers as well. Oh, and so okay. they have some brand deals or they might, you know, want start selling bundles or things like that. So just to go in and have like, they have like a lot of silent partner you know, agreements and things like that. So I do contract, you know, go review contracts and do that as well as draft them. But I do review them and see if they're aware of the fact that their silent partner or the brand is getting this amount of the profits uh. or, you know, just pointing out like each section so they know what the deal is and then trying to help them negotiate for a better deal if they weren't made aware of the certain um, statements in the contract. So Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. So, <laughs> yeah. And we sign, I feel like, especially these days, we sign so many things so fast that we're just like, we just know what's going to happen at the end. So mm -hmm. whatever's in the, we sign terms and conditions all the time. All the time. Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> Any app you download, yeah. all of that stuff. So yeah. I'm glad that they have somebody to talk to about that. <laughs> so is there a resource that you would recommend for people, whether it's a book, um, a podcast, a show? Mm -hmm. Anything that you feel like would be beneficial. Um, I know a lot of times by the time people get to me, there are places that I want to send them to say, okay, before you even talk to me about this, you need these things in place and this will help you set that up. Do you have anything that you recommend for clients in that way? Um, I have come, I've like listened to a bunch of different types of podcasts where like um, different creatives and in different industries do talk about their day-to-day -day struggles and staying motivated yeah. and things like that. So finding... Um, I guess someone or an, a more established um, entrepreneur in your field would be the best. <laughs> 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 That'd be the best thing if you can. You want to start? 
Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I guess I don't, you know, it's so many uh, things that I just like run through on my pot, the podcast, but like if you can like just find an entrepreneur that motivates you, I would say yeah. staying motivated as an entrepreneur is like the biggest thing. So if you can find someone that you can start your day with um, on the podcast, go with that. I would say. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in like the specifics of our area that Mm -hmm. I tend to recommend a lot to like find a peer. Yes. People are not your competition. So find somebody who does what you do Mm -hmm. or wants to do what you do so that you can learn at the same time because Mm -hmm. we get so caught up in like I do accounting, I do this this way that if I had another person that was doing something similar, we can at least bounce ideas off of each other, especially when you're in a field that kind of require, well, all fields kind of require that kind of community, but especially when you're in a field where it's like, there's not another one just like yours. Mm -hmm. And so it's harder to just find somebody else in another area and be like, I'm just gonna do what they do (laughs) because they don't have to abide by the same laws and terms that you have to. That's true, that's true. Very true. So I guess finally, just want to ask, what would be um, parting words of wisdom, I guess? So when you're talking to people and knowing that they're either new business owners or business owners that know that they need to get their law life in order, what would be kind of your next step or next word of advice for them as they get started or as they move forward? I would say don't be scared of attorneys <laughs> or contracts. I mean, like people don't realize the contract is the most civil time. You know, that's your power. Just st- stating what it's good to have a paper that says what they expect and what you expect. So don't be afraid of contracts or offering them up or, you know, incorporating them into your business process. Because if someone is being really wary about a contract or signing it, that might be a telltale sign that you might have more issues with them later. Mm. So just, you know, just... Just be open about it. You're a business owner now. Like, you need to have things on paper. And, yeah, attorneys are very approachable. We have consultations where you'll get a lot done in that if you can't afford services, I can definitely sit down with you in a consultation and talk to you about or point you to resources that will help you get to the point you need in your business. So just don't be afraid to reach out <laughs> to a legal professional. Oh, now as people are ready and they're listening they're like all right i know i need to contact a lawyer how do they get in touch with you and how do they get started with service i would say um most people find my instagram uh lawyer for creatives um and they dm me there and i will send you to the link there's on my page you can just press book and it will send you right to the consultation link you can email me um at michelle at burgesslawplc.com those are the two most common places Okay, and we'll make sure that that information is in the show notes, too, so that people can click directly from there. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Um, Once again, just tell people where they can find you, um, Mm -hmm. and we will make sure that that information is included for them so that they can reach out when they're ready. Okay, well, my website is www.burgesslawplc.com, and um, my Instagram is lawyer4creatives, and my email is michelle at burgesslawplc.com. Thank you so much for being on Fish Food. Oh, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> if you have any questions or want to provide any feedback, feel free to reach out at hello at littlefishaccounting.com. You can find out more about our services at littlefishaccounting.com. And we're always on social media. You can reach us on Instagram at littlefishaccounting. You can find this and all upcoming episodes on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. A public service announcement from Little Fish Accounting. 
I am a certified public accountant, but not necessarily your accountant. For details on your specific situation, please contact us to become a client or an accountant in your area to give you specific advice on your needs.